Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Holy cow. Big news. Right before we begin taping the helipod, my Washington football team benches its starting quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. And I will tell you right now, I am with one fired up former NFL rushing champ right now. This is just the intro, MJD. Give us a little tease of what we can expect to hear on the helipod with MJD. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really disgusted with the, with the Washington football team and what they've done. Like you have a young quarterback. You see his promise. You know he can make plays. But you give him four games with no weapons? One weapon. Terry McLaurin. Yeah, that's about it. So that's how he feels. It is time for the Helipod presented by Viore right now. All right, so clearly Ron Rivera, Scott Turner, that coaching staff in Washington feels like they have a chance to win the NFC East. They have a defense that's good enough. They feel like they have enough pieces on offense, and the quarterback is the problem, so they benched Dwayne Haskins after just four games. He's done, right? Like, you, you, there's you no coming go, back from you this. Don't, you don't come back from this. So you either have to trade him or you release him by the end of the year. And that's, what that, and that, and that's the decision you make in week four. And the problem that we have here is that let's say, let's say you do win the division. Now you're picking in the 20s. Who are you going to get that's going to help your team, impact your team in that way? Like, you have to remember, this is a building process. They brought you in, Ron Rivera, to build this organization up to be a consistent winner for years to come. Is there any way they could have possibly seen enough in four games to know that Dwayne is not the Is guy? Kyle Allen a franchise quarterback? Of course not. So then you have a potential franchise guy in Dwayne Haskins, but you bench him and you ruin that relationship for a guy that can help you win now. So now not only do you have a guy that won't be your franchise guy, it means you have to draft another quarterback, okay? It means you have to put pieces around that quarterback. You have to do a whole building process all over again. So you know what that adds? You know what that adds to your, to your tenure? You say you have a five-year deal. You better hope you see the full five. One. And then you're not going to be you're not going to be able to build that offense up for another two or three more years. Well, let me ask you this, MJD. And again, I'm playing devil's advocate because I, I agree with you. It is far too soon way, way to make a move soon, like this. Man. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me at all. And and listen, I, I've watched every single one of their games and gone back and watched it on Game Pass. Dwayne's missed a lot of throws. Yep. He stares down his receivers. Yep. He has not played well. He has been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL this year. And I think one of the things that has not helped him is Justin Herbert in L.A., Justin, is Joe Burrow on, in Cincinnati, on, hold on, hold on, other out, young quarterbacks who didn't have an offseason in a new system are playing well. I'm glad you said that because Justin Herbert has Keenan Allen. Yes. 
He has Hunter Henry. He had two running backs that were toting that rock. And on top of that, they didn't ask him to throw the ball a ton. Yes, he threw it in his last game, but the Chargers are a run-first team. Let me go to Cincinnati, to Joe Burrow. <laughs> A.J. Green, who's not playing the best right now, but you still have A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, who we'll have on this podcast later on. By the way, Gio can catch a few passes Gio, out of the backfield, but, too. They put weapons around them, like – you have to have weapons around your quarterback in order to succeed. I always give people this example. People always ask, why is Peyton Manning considered one of the best quarterbacks in the game? Look at what the Indianapolis Colts put around him. Marvin Harrison, first-round pick. Reggie Wayne, first-round pick. Anthony Gonzalez was a first-round pick. Brandon Stokely wasn't a first-round pick, but he was, a, he was a good compliment to what they were doing. Dallas Clark, I want to say, was a first-round pick. They put first-round picks around him. To help they him did. succeed. They invested in the offense. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. Like, you're the third round. And, again, Terry McLaurin is a phenomenal player. I, but that's the third round pick that you have in there. That's the one guy. All these other dudes, like, in no disrespect to them, they're not scaring anyone. When I, when, If I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm not saying I have to go stop a running back that catches the passes out of back. But I'm like, okay, we'll give him that. We're going to double team Terry McLaurin. He's still making plays. Look at Kyler Murray, for example. Look at Look at Kyler Murray. You go and make a trade for who? D-Hop. Oh, D-Hop, of course. But when Kyler got there, they had an old Larry Fitzgerald and not much and else. And they drafted 14 receivers in that draft. Remember, they got Isabella, uh, the big Christian receiver. Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk. They, they had the big receiver from uh, Iowa State that's in a tight end now that's not there anymore. He's on someone else's practice squad. Then you go and make a trade for Kenyon Drake. Then you go make a trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Like, you have to put pieces around. And there's no... There's, there's a reason why the Arizona Cardinals are winning. They have talent on their roster. Well, they've lost two in a row, but I understand. But they're what you're two and they're two and two. So, but here's here's my question: as a head coach, you haven't seen enough in your starting quarterback. You didn't draft that quarterback, and you see an opportunity to win games this year. You were brought there to win games. It's obviously not a long play, right? Is it this? You you feel like this is very short sighted? This is very short sighted. And as a head coach, you can't be that way. Um, and I'll tell you this much. I'm sitting, I'll sit away from the mic. I'm sorry because I'm trying to calm down. But I read Pete Carroll's coaching book. And Pete Carroll's book talks about uh, reloading, not rebuilding. Right. That's how you build an organization. When, you, when Pete Carroll got there, you know who the quarterback was? Uh, Trent Dilfer? No, Matt Hasselbeck. Matt Hasselbeck was their quarterback there. I want to say, if you could look it up, but I want to say it was, it was Matt Hasselbeck. And who did they bring in? They went in, they were free agency, they went and got Matt Flynn, and, and they drafted Russell Wilson. And they invested actually a decent amount of money at the time yeah, in Matt Flynn. Exactly. And but they pulled the trigger right from the jump. But you, they saw talent. This dude is more talented than the guy we've had. They've added they added weapons. They added first round talents like Mike Williams. They they went and traded for Marshawn Lynch. They 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 put they put pieces around their guy to be successful. Now like right now, they're not doing that. And that it's a concern. It's like Russell Wilson can only run around like that and make plays downfield, but then you go get DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett has been phenomenal for him right. for years. But I just want to rewind to your point, though. The Seahawks have not surrounded Russell Wilson with any first-round receivers. None. None of those guys drafted. No, but they had first-round running backs. They, they they went and drafted Dwayne. They went and drafted the left tackle that was first round, not traded your first round tackle away to the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, they added some pieces, but I'm just saying like they the, drafted not, their offensive line at one point had like three or four first rounders on there. Remember well, their they, offensive line also at one point was just god awful. I know, but then they they invested into it right to help their quarterback. You so, have to invest. You have to invest. 
in the so this is what I want to tell people because I get this is why I get so upset when quarterbacks get paid a ton of money. I get upset because they can't do it by themselves. They can't. You have to have guys that can get open. Look at look at the Dallas Cowboys for example. Dak Pre- it's not by chance that Dak Prescott now granted they're not winning, but it's not by chance that Dak Prescott is throwing uh, throwing the ball over the yard right now. They have three top-notch receivers on that roster. You have Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield. Their issue is right now their right tackles hurt, so they got an undrafted guy playing right Lyle tackle. Lyle Collins. Right. Uh, their center just retired, so they have a new guy. Like They have new pieces on and the And their center line. actually just got hurt as well. Yeah, your left tackle's been in and out of the season. So those are their – and they're still scoring 30, 40 points a game, but they've invested in their quarterback. They invested – like that's if you want to really evaluate a guy, you have to put pieces around him to let him know. And if – and if he doesn't perform, if the Hassans can't perform with pieces around him, then I know he's not my guy. But this this is what this is what Haskins has gone through in his career, right? He's drafted 15th overall by a head coach who's on the hot seat. He's played. He for, didn't even want him though. Let's, let's you're right. No, no, 100. percent He no, didn't so, even want him. So and, and that everybody who's work. listening to this in in DC knows that Haskins went to Bullis High School with Dan Snyder's son. Dan was enamored with Dwayne. What? He's but the one who wanted him. Jay didn't want him. He threw 50 touchdowns in college. He, he has the ability to do no, that. No, he does. Absolutely. He played one full season in college. And that's just those are just the facts. He's played for three head coaches in 13 games. Ron Rivera gave him a huge vote of confidence to start the season. Then basically two games in, three games know. in, he, he, yeah, he, he started hedging his bet. And you could tell. It's, it's really not what you always say. It's what you do. Right. Right, so they started kind of dialing it back. They said, "Yes, there is an endpoint inside if things don't improve." And remember this: there's a comfort level with Kyle for the coaching staff. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just explaining why this has happened. So I got they to say traded this. What, for what Kyle is the what is the comfort level? He got you fired in Carolina. Like, so what is the comfort level? It wasn't Cam. Cam was hurt. They feel like Kyle Allen can run that offense better. Scott Turner has... How has, many games... Can you tell me how many games he won last year as a quarterback? I just want to know because... He he won... I believe he went six and seven over the... Because he started the one game at the end of uh, 2018. He started off 4-0. I called one of their... His first start in Arizona. But he actually played I, really Last well. year he went like this. Yes. No, he dropped off a cliff. But he, Which means he'll do it again. With especially... And think about in Carolina. They had DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel... Greg Olson. They had players. Yeah. No, they so had, what are you going to do with, with one guy? You had three or four dudes. You had Christian McCaffrey you were throwing the ball to all the time. What are you going to do now from four players, playmakers on the field to now having just one? Uh, and they, then, so this is my question. Yep. I, want, I have to ask this because I know we're, it's like a co-host thing. What happens when the Kyle Allen project doesn't work? Well, so you know, you know too, that backup quarterback now is Alex Smith. That's what I'm trying to figure. So, so Dwayne, so, so so Dwayne's about, done. So done. you're about to put Alex Smith at, in harm's way? I don't like as good as he is and as good as he was. I'm still concerned for Alex Smith because that offensive line watching that Baltimore Ravens game, guys were flying around Dwayne Haskins. I mean, he was getting back on his backstep and guys were hitting him in the face. Like it just, it just was what it was. And you're going to start to see ghosts with that anyways. I don't care who you are. Everyone sees ghosts when you start, when you get on your backstep and guys are in your face. Brandon Sheriff is hurt. The right side of that offensive line for Washington has, has been decent, but the so, left side so is how just do you, a disaster. How do we, again, my question is, and I, I posed this on Twitter, how do we evaluate a quarterback if, one, we don't put weapons around him, and, two, he doesn't have time to go through his progression? Remember this. We're all creatures of habit. If the first game I'm coming out and I'm getting hit on my fifth step, I am going to stare down a receiver. Terry, get open. I don't got time to look at anyone else. If I if 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 my only if I only trust one guy can get open, guess what? 
That's who's going to get the ball. That's why he's on my fantasy team. So if you are coaching that football team and you feel like there's somebody else who can run the offense better and be more effective, and you feel like there are other guys in that locker room who are giving you a chance to win, do you not make that move? You don't. I mean, I'm going to tell you why. Because when we look at this thing behind us, right, I feel like the, the, the Washington football team, they're just looking at this triangle right here. They just see like, all right, we're right, we're in it. We're right here. But as a head coach, and I learned this, as being a head coach for a little youth, little kids youth football team, like, and a president of a youth football team, I have to see the bigger picture. I can't be nearsighted. I can't just look at what's going on now. I have to be able to step back and be like, what is the plan? We have to have a plan and understand that this plan may take a year or two, and we may have guys that we can win. But I ask you this again, like I said in the beginning of our with this topic, if we if we do make the playoffs, we get knocked out in the first round, second round. Maybe third, whatever. Maybe win the championship game. Who do you get at thirty from picks? What twenty two to thirty two? Well, if you make if you make the playoffs, then maybe you're comfortable with the quarterback. Maybe you've made a change, and you think if you so make the again, playoffs, you're not again, necessarily drafting. Is Kyle Allen an undrafted quarterback? Your franchise guy? Because we thought Case Keenum was a guy too for a minute. Remember that? Well, kind of. We thought he was. Jay, Jay, yeah. Jay liked him. I don't think anybody else thought he was. No, I don't think Kyle Allen's the guy. So, no, so, I don't. So so now we have to start this process all over again, which then sets you back years. The building the building pro and this is one thing I and again, being in Jacksonville, I was part of two or three different rebuilds. Um and I always like you anytime you get a new GM, new head coach, it's their we gotta do our vision. But I promise you, I want everyone to go out and I don't forget what Pete Carroll's uh what Pete Carroll's uh book is called, but I, I want our listeners to go out and read Pete Carroll's book because he talks about as a head coach, you have to, like he failed in new England, even though he didn't really fail, he failed. Right. And bill Belichick came well, in. He got fired. Went, if, right. I mean, and he went to SC fired, and failed. then he built SC up. And the thing about SC was he was like, we're not coming in. We're not kicking guys out who we didn't need bodies. So these guys are going to come and we're going to build their ours. Like I told you, if I, if we, if we're, if me and you, if, if I'm dating a girl and she has four kids and I marry her, <laughs> I inherit those four kids as if they're mine. I can't treat them any differently. Even though me and her may have kids, I can't treat those four differently. And that's the same thing as a coach. When you hire onto a team, you can't be like, well, I like this dude and that dude, but I don't want him. No, 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 no. We, it's a whole package. We get everybody. So it's your job to build and, and, and uh, that's the word I'm looking for, like help these players grow to be better players. And he's and, and like you said early on, Ron Rivera said, like, we have a we have a uh plan for Haskins. I knew it wasn't week four. It, to, well I knew I, that wasn't the plan. I just I don't understand. In my mind here, you at least give him to the bye week. You give him half you the give season. Him, you give him a season. You give him okay, fair enough. He needs us what, no. what other quarterback got thirteen games to figure out if he's good? You name name me one. Uh well, even Mitchell Trubisky got three seasons to And he's been out. he and he's been god awful. He's been bad. He's been bad. Who uh, else? Give me another one. Anyone else do you think? That that they they, got they, they cut bait. What was the quarterback that got drafted with uh, Peyton Manning? Ryan Leaf? He probably got like, I don't even know how many seasons. He got more than 13 games for sure. Uh, I don't know if he got more than 13 games. I guarantee he got more than 13 uh, games. I mean, he's Shuler's one way to go way back with the Redskins. that or the, They were the Redskins then. That I don't yeah, I don't know that he got more than 13 games. Who? Heath Schuler, you remember him? He's a little, I don't know. Little I don't know who that is. I, but back then, that was like Joe Gibbs was like getting guys up and around. There. I, I heard he cut a second round <laughs> pick. So he was like he was like Shanahan in Denver. Who was that he cut 
third round pick, Maurice Claret. Yeah. Remember that? Got him up and around there. Yeah. All right. I, I we so, could go round and round but, about so this. I clearly, all I'm saying is this, and this is for the 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 because uh, I have a buddy that's a big Washington football team fan. And this is for anyone that's listening. If you have a quarterback, and I, I guess the best example is the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. You traded away Deshaun Watson's number one threat. What has happened? What happened? Tell me what happened this week with Bill O'Brien. He's, he's gone. He's fired. You know why? Because they're like, you told us that if we trade him away, we'll be better. Four games. There's no way. That doesn't happen. You have to acquire talent to help your quarterback out. Deshaun Watson has regressed because he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins. 100%. So how can I evaluate and really put a true test to Dwayne Haskins when he doesn't have weapons around him? Tell me. I, I think it's fair. But I would I would say this, and I don't think it's a fair comp because it's Tom Brady and it's Russell Wilson. But I'm telling you, Russell Wilson, I don't know that Russell Wilson ever had a first-round receiver. Tom Brady had Randy Moss for a while, but there they were a bunch of, you know, Tom, Dick, and Joes they that were had, running they, around they there catching the footballs in defense, New England. And, uh, no, they had a number one. They had Deion Branch was a top receiver in New England before he then went to Seattle to help Russell Wilson they out. They brought guys in like Wes Welker and Julian yeah, Edelman. But they, went, they, they went and brought – Wes Welker was a dominant player in Miami. No, they were very good players. I'm saying they didn't draft receivers highly. They didn't draft they drafted, running you know backs highly. They drafted highly. in the first round my, my year? Chad Jackson out of Florida. They drafted first-round talent, guys that didn't pan out. Mm-hmm. Remember, they had missed on receivers like four or five years in a row, but they were drafting them first and second round trying to help Tom. They were just missing. They were they were putting capital into that receiving core to help them. They tried, and they brought Randy Moss in. But he, so here here's my Dante Stallworth, first round guy. Brought him in. He balled in two thousand seven. I don't, I don't think Dante him. Stallworth was a first round guy. Yeah, I bet I guarantee he was. You want to you want to put some? Uh, I know we can. You want to put some clothes on it? Yeah, because Dante, Dante Stallworth, Stallworth is a first Tennessee round guy. to the New Orleans Saints. Was he? Yeah. All right, I'll double check that while we're talking. Hey, you talked about uh, Billy O. Yeah. First coach fired. A lot of coaches on the hot seat right now, I think. Um, I would be shocked if Adam Gase is not the next one to go. Uh, Dan Quinn, I feel like, He's has a little extra time. Matt Patricia probably going to be gone as well. Oh, can we talk about Matt Patricia real Please quick? Please do, yeah. Because th- this is my problem. When, two things. It's going to be, is it little Billy O and is a little Matt Patricia in there? When has anyone, else, Bill O'Brien's probably the best coach to leave New England and have success, but no other coach has done that. And people are talking about Josh McDaniels getting another head coaching job. What he did in Denver was like the worst thing. Like people go to jail for that, for what he did. Like he literally <laughs> went in there and destroyed an organization. And they had to like bring all these people back to try to help rebuild it. Like I would he never. Was, he was a very immature head coach at the time. So, so, so you get a second chance? Well, a lot of guys get second chances. Adam Gay's got one. And he's, and let's see what he's doing. What is he doing? Bill Belichick got a second chance. What he's, what's he doing? But they were good in Cleveland. He, the Cleveland, that was the last time Cleveland was good. He, he got fired. Yeah. Got a second chance. But that was the last, the last time Cleveland was good was when Bill Belichick was there. Pete Carroll got a couple second chances. He's pretty, no, pretty Pete good. No, Pete Carroll had to go to college and, and, re, and revamp Second chance. Himself. Still. I mean, you can go to college and get a job. That's not, that's not hard. If Josh McDaniels went to college and won in college, then I'd be like, okay, he can come back and win the league. You don't think Josh McDaniels should be a head coach in the league? I, I, don't, I think his track record showed me enough. Like He, does, he can't evaluate talent. Um, well, bring somebody else in to evaluate talent. You have a GM for that. Well, again, but, but you're going to have to do it with your head coach. Like he, his talent evaluation wasn't the best. Um, and then to be honest with you, he went from there and went to the St. Louis Rams and their offense did poo, but then he goes to new England and all of a sudden the offense is good again. And so is it now my question is, is it him 
or is it the the Patriots? Is it is it Bill Belichick? Is it Tom, was it Tom Brady? You can you can look it up and see. Like his offense was bad in Denver. It was bad in. in oh, he in, was he was not in, good in, in Denver, and I, I think he more was bad th- with the Rams. And then he went back to New England, and all of a sudden he reinvented himself. We well, yeah, you just got to look at the track record. Like if it's not New England. I'm not like I'm not really messing well, with Well, look dudes. at everybody who's left New England who's become a head coach. It's it's Patricia. How many games has he won? Uh, By the way, Jim Caldwell. Uh man, dude. Was they were they They were building under Jim Caldwell. They, they were, were solid. They were they're about to take off. They were solid under Jim Caldwell. And then Caldwell. this dude comes in and they do the complete opposite cuz guess what? He doesn't understand. All they do is play man to man. They don't do any like he's supposed to be this this other thing. I, w- I was concerned, always was concerned with Matt Patricia because Matt Patricia was like the 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 it's like um, when you meet a you meet like it's like you're like hey I want you to meet this girl I know and I'm like well how is she she has a great personality <laughs> right that's Matt Patricia <laughs> when you talk about Matt Patricia it's like well he has a degree in rocket science what does that have to do with football well listen. Tell, what, what is he was the defensive any- coordinator in New England. Their defense was stout. They won a couple of Super Bowls. You're, I, I think he deserved a shot. I don't know if that shot was in Detroit. He obviously hasn't done well as a head coach. Most coaches that leave New England don't do well as head coaches. Romeo Cronell, who's now the interim head coach in Houston, didn't do that no. well in Cleveland. All, he did have a good year. I think that was the last time they made the playoffs. They exactly. had a 10-win season there. Um, our buddy Willie McGinnis played on that team. Um Mike Vrabel was never a coach on the New England staff, so no. I don't think you can throw you him under throw the Belichick tree. You can't throw him in there. Um, who else am I missing? Obviously, Billy O. Billy O. had some success. Charlie he's Weiss. By... We saw what he did when he left, right? He's a, Bill, <laughs> he, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a he's a Patriot guy. He made a lot of money. Yeah. He's, he's... Um, but that's what I'm saying. So why, why, would I continue to, why would I continue to go after this tree when it's not fruitful? Well, I understand, and I understand, too, because I know – Eric Bieniemy is going to be head coach. I know that he was your former position coach. That's I know my dog, that but I, he doesn't forget Eric Bieniemy. For example, I forget he, he'll get his opportunity. But look, look at Andy Reid's track record. Great. Andy Reid's great. The coaches have coached underneath them. They go out and be they're successful, and it just happens, right? Look at Shanahan's track record. The coaches that coach underneath him, successful. Matt Lafleur, Sean McVay. Well, there's there's no better coaching tree in the NFL right now than the Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. And that's where it started. It started so, with Mike. We always talk about Kyle, but so it started with Mike. So if it's me, if it's me, Gary Kubiak is under that, who's the OC now for the Minnesota Vikings, who was a head coach in Houston when Houston was going to the playoffs mm-hmm. every year, right? He took Baltimore. He went to Baltimore, ran the system in Baltimore. Baltimore went to the AFC Championship game. I want that. You know why? Because I've seen it successful. The one thing about New England – Bill, the one, the, the thing about New England that the other coaches can't take with them is, is Bill, Bill Belichick. That's yeah. it. So why do I want that if I can't have Bill? I don't want no, mm-mm. give me Bill. Cause that seems like that's, he's the one, he's the, he's the, uh, what's the thing with Adam and Eve? Like the, it was the apple or something that, yeah. that Bill's the apple. Okay. <laughs> so if I can't get the apple, I the don't forbidden want it. fruit. Yeah. He's the Bill forbidden, Belichick. Yes. I don't, if I can't get that, I don't want it. All right. Let me, let, I have one last question about coaching before we have to get to Joe Mixon, who is uh, sent to join us in a minute, had the best game of any running back in the NFL last week. Super no excited to talk to Joe. Um, have you had a coach fired in midseason or, mm-hmm. or during the season? Jack Del Rio. What did that do to the team in the locker room? Does it juice you up It was late in the year. Um, and yeah, it sucks because, you know, like, it's like, it's on you. Like, we didn't perform well. And I remember, because I re- this is the first time I ever had to, I was ever around a coach being fired. It was the first time ever. So I didn't know how to react. It was, like, uncomfortable. And when I went to go talk to him, I was just kind of like, 
it, it was just awkward. I didn't know like what to say. I was like, man, like I don't even know how to do this. He was like, bro, this is just the business. And I'm like, but is it though? Right? Like, we 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 should have been winning more and more. But they fired uh, Shaq Harris after year three. I was there, and they brought in Gene Smith, and it was a whole different rebuild. It was a, it, literally we were rebuilding with the same coach, which is bananas. And I was just like, it, it hurt me. And so I think when you talk about what happened with uh, Billy O, when you talk about uh, in the Houston Texans, they're going to come out and play with a little bit of fire under their belt. I think that they're going to simplify a lot of things. That's what we did, and we ended up rolling off some games. Um, Mel Tucker took over, who I thought I think should be a head coach in the pros. Um, but we were very simple, and we he, he simplified everything that we wanted to do, and everyone played faster. Coach is going to coach harder, right, because you're now you're coaching for your job. There's no security in this situation. You're gonna you're gonna start to see guys play because you don't know who the next guy is coming in. Which guys are always they always play well, but you don't know who the next GM is coming in. So you're auditioning for 32 teams again. Um, and I, I believe they they have. Listen, Brian uh, Bill O'Brien got fired because of the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Very simple. He got also got fired because he took on too much. He bit off more than he could chew. There was a report, I think Mike Garofolo said it from the NFL Network, that an agent said he was literally talking to Bill O'Brien for an hour on Tuesday about getting a player signed. Bro, you can't, as a head coach, you can't do, can't that. do that. You, that's too much. I need a separation yeah, of church you, and state. You got, I really you, do. You, but you can't, and so he did that, and he understood that he was, like, it was, it was on him. And so you can't be, even though the schedule now is going to be very favorable, the first four weeks were going to be tough. We knew that going in. Yeah. I mean, he were they were going. You were going against the the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Minnesota Vikings. So, um, I think the Houston Texans still have a chance to win this division, which is crazy. Um, but if they make some runs, they'll be good to go. All right, Joe Mixon coming up here on the Helipod in uh, just a moment with MJD. Looking forward to this. Time for a quick timeout to tell you about a few of our sponsors. And we start with the company that has been with us from day one, Viore Clothing. It is the finest athleisure wear on the market. Invest in your happiness and look good doing it. They have everything. Joggers, t-shirts, shorts, board shorts, hoodies, sweatshirts. You can wear it in yoga. You can wear it playing pickup hoops. You can wear it on the Peloton or playing pickleball, as I have been doing a lot of lately, or obviously if you go for a run, too. Um, I got a good deal for you. 20% off. Just go to vioriclothing.com slash helipod. That's V-U-O-R-I clothing.com slash helipod. Get 20% off today. I promise you, you're not going to regret it. Greens Plus. A health food leader since 1989, known for creating the first ever blended green superfood powder and the first company to infuse green superfoods into a bar. Those bars and powders, incredibly tasty. I have them almost every single day. They're the most effective way to improve your immunity, detox your body, boost your energy, and get that nutritional insurance that your body deserves. You can get it at Whole Foods, on Amazon, or greensplus.com. 20% off if you use the promo code HELI. Try the chocolate protein bars or that wild berry superfood powder. I put it in my smoothies all the time. It is delicious. At Vaco, the model is we invest in your career so you are here for the duration of hours. Vaco is a premier talent and solutions firm that provides boutique-level service with global reach in the areas of consulting, consultative project resources, executive search, permanent placement, and strategic staffing. 
You know, if you need somebody to fill a C-suite position, Vaco has you covered. Their areas of expertise are a plenty. Accounting, finance, tech, healthcare IT, operations, administration, or international managed services. Since it was founded in 2002 by my buddy Brian Waller, Vaco has grown to serve over 40 markets across the globe. They have 1,000 employees, 5,000 consultants, and $750 million in revenue. At Vaco, they do it right. Check them out. Vaco.com, V-A-C-O, for more info on how Vaco connects people to their dream jobs and helps leading companies find talent to grow their business. Have you heard of True Niagen? If you haven't, you might want to try it. Uh, I started using this product probably three months ago. There is a new trend in the scientific uh, community that surrounds the health of our cells. We have something in our cells called NAD, which supports our energy and our body's ability to repair itself all the way down to the cellular level. You see, it turns out that NAD declines as we age. It also declines when we overexercise, don't sleep enough, and even when we are exposed to a virus. There is only one NAD booster that is backed by Nobel Prize-winning scientists, 10 published human studies, and regulatory approvals for safety. That is true niogen. Additionally, TrueNiagen is NSF certified by Sport. Visit TrueNiagen.com to learn more. That's T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N.com to learn more. And uh, with no further ado, we welcome the NFL's leading rusher in week four. Joe Mixon just blew up, man. 25 carries, 151 yards, couple of touchdowns. And oh, by the way, dude can catch the rock too, MJD. I know they have Gio Bernard, but he had six catches and a receiving touchdown against Jacksonville. Uh, Dan, if you watch tape, Right. If you Why do you study, say it like I don't watch tape? Because that, that's disrespectful to Joe Mixon. <laughs> now, when he was coming out of Oklahoma, that was the thing. That not only could he give you 100 rushing, he could give you 100 receiving. And so, Joe, tell us a little bit about, you know, your impact in the passing game. Are they going to try to use you a little bit more lining up at wide receiver, running different routes? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, honestly, man, I've just been trying to play my role. When, when you know, my number called – they give me, they have me get on the route, and when I get a check down, I just try to make them pay. You know what I'm saying? I try to make every opportunity count. I mean, I, I typically I don't be wanting to take away from the receivers. I mean, we got a lot of receivers in the room, and I know them boys be needing that ball, you know, just as much as I be needing it. But at the same time, like I said, on my number call, I just try to do whatever I can, man, to put us in the best position. Joe, let me ask you uh, about before the game. You're in the hospital the night before. Um, couldn't couldn't breathe well. You you said the doctors just kind of loved you up and you were able to play. What what happened, man? What was wrong with you? Uh, it was like some like I think like a muscle in my ribs or something. Um, I don't know exactly like you know what part, but it was like a muscle in my rib. But um, I went to the hospital. Was there for like three hours, and then uh, they did all kinds of scans and things like that. But um, I guess it turned out it probably was like a muscle strain. And, um, you know, like I said, I didn't know if I was going to play because it was hurting like that. Then I came in early the next morning, probably about like 10, 30, um, talked to the doctors and everything. And then, uh, like I said, they was just loving up on it. And then I ended up getting right. By loving up on it, you mean they shot some painkiller in there? No. No, 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 no. I'll never take no shot. Okay, I got you. I got you. They just, they just, why do you look at me like that? Cause that happened. To, you got to learn from others. Tyrod got that and he's, he's still down right now. Um, Joe. Good off that. Yeah. See? Okay. He, he's I got smart. You. He's from the crib. <laughs> smart people come from Antioch, California, Bay area. There Oakley, you go. California. Um, Joe, 
Last year you played the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick comes out and says, you're the best running back uh, in the NFL today. How'd that make you feel? And then how do you continue to push yourself to be better when you get those type of uh, accolades and recognition? Yeah, um, I mean, it meant a lot coming from Bill Belichick. Uh, I thought that was definitely uh, something great. You know, you don't really hear him say too much about, you know, people like that. So, um, you know, it's definitely humbling. But at the same time, you know, for me, that just tells me, you know, what type of level I'm on. But at the same time, just got to keep working each and every day. But, um, you know, just going and getting these accolades, I mean, I think it's cool, you know, to really start to get that um, notability and everything like that, or notoriety, I should say. Um, for me, you know, I just try to keep on pushing each and every day, keep going hard, working, and uh, just try to set the example for my teammates to, you know, follow me and keep going hard, keep pushing. Hey, Joe, last year you guys started 0-11, I believe, before you got that that uh, first win. Now you're 1-2-1. Uh, obviously, the, the arrow's pointing up for you guys right now. That tie with the with the Eagles, though, was kind of, was kind of strange. Were, were you surprised that they punted at the end of that game? Uh, yeah, I was definitely very surprised. I mean, I think they was just content with tying, I guess, at that point. But, I mean, hey, if that's what they wanted to do, that's on them. You, I mean, if you're in the NFC East, you, you guys would be in first place right now. Oh, yeah, I know. But, I mean, hey, that's what they, that's what they wanted to do. So, I mean, that's on them. Hey, you, uh, your offensive line, there's been, you know, last few years have been uh, banged up, maybe hasn't been as, as, as good as – Cincinnati wanted them to be at times, but they they had a nice day against the Jags. Man, that 34-yard touchdown run around the right side was wide open. Do you feel like everything's starting to gel a little bit more in the running game? Yeah, for sure. I mean, just like MJD said, man, um, you know, the formations that we're running in, you know, we're them two and maybe three receiver uh, formations. I think that that helps a lot, especially when you got that extra tight end or fullback on the field, you know, them boys coming in and, just going downhill at them, and you know that's what I want to do. I mean, I can go side, um, side to side, but I mean, I love to get downhill, run hard, and uh, try to set the tone, man. So I think them boys did a hell of a job, you know, on the perimeter and in the O line. And uh, I think Zach, uh, I think he did a great job with how he had the formations going on, and you know, big on big, hat on the hat, and just getting after it. So I think if we uh, can continue to go forward with that method, I think it'll make even Joe Burrow's job easier. So um, I think everybody else, you know, doing a great job of buying in, but just got to keep on dialing in and getting better each and every day. What is it like being the second year of this system? We've seen this system, you know, be explosive. Aaron Rodgers, what he's doing, obviously the Rams, what they've done, uh, the 49ers, what they've done. What is what is it like being in year two and understanding the system a little bit more? Um, well, the thing is for us, I think we're a little different than the Rams. Like, you know, we had the same kind of scheme, but I think we have our own tweaks of it. So um, we got different players and things like that, man. But um, I just think, honestly, like with the formations that we've been running, I just think we keep everybody off balance and they have to respect the run and they have to respect the pass when you play like that. So um, everybody, you know, been complimenting and feeding off of each other, um, you know, to run, marry the, play, the pass and play action. So. I think uh, Joe Burrow been coming up big on them play action, especially last week and the week before that, man. So as long as we can keep building off of these great things that we're building um, and, you know, get better at the things that we're lacking in, I think, you know, things would be great. But, I mean, I want to be the one that, you know, set this train off and up and going. So 
Uh, we could do it like that and just have me, you know, lead our team, put the team on my back. I'm going to do whatever I can, man, to put us in the best position. What was your first impression of Joe Burrow? Obviously, the offseason, you didn't have the normal OTAs and mini camps, but uh, I'm, I'm sure you watched him at LSU and how well he played last year. Dude has some swag. What was your first impression? Um, I mean, like you said, man, uh, I think Joe Burrow is, um, is advertised um, as, you know, he's been. Um, he's young, but I don't view him as him being a rookie because, I mean, the stuff that he do is nothing rookie, you know, rookie about him. So uh, for me, I just think that, you know, with him being around the guys that he's around and a bunch of playmakers, man, I think it just makes his job so much easier. Um, you know, especially from last game, just us keeping them off the ground, having a game plan simple. Um, that can boost a, a lot of confidence in his game and just have him, you know, keep playing with that swag, man, because, um, you know, that's the what the missing piece that we was missing, you know, before it was just that person to just, you know, take the huddle and we like with that confidence, man. And I think he bring all of that. And I think he's a great person as well. And uh, he helped me, you know, with the stuff that I struggle with and, uh, you know, routes and things like that, route combinations and stuff. I think he does a great job with explaining as a teacher. So um, he just got to keep on getting better each and every week, but we got to put him in the best position for him to uh, feel real comfortable. Is is there a funny Joe Burrow story? I mean, he almost sounds too perfect, man. Hey, like, man. give me let, give me let, something. Let on. Joe stay perfect, man. No, nah, man, he's too year. perfect. Like, he, he had to have screwed something up. No, 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 no. I mean, honestly, to me, I think he. I mean, it's perfect, like he said. <laughs> he honestly, man, he's everything you ask for in a QB. Um, I mean, you can, it, it really don't get no better than that, especially with the way he carry yourself on the field. I mean, everybody always see the off the field stuff, but I mean, the on the field with what you want in your locker room and the person you want leading your huddle, that's what you want to see. And I'm glad we got him there. Joe, you guys are in the AFC North, right? So you got Pittsburgh Steelers defense, Baltimore Ravens defense, uh, Cleveland's defense is giving it up a little bit. And this week you're playing the Ravens. What, what, what kind of challenge is it playing in the AFC North? And then what kind of challenge are you guys facing this week? Um, it's a it's a real tough challenge. We got our hands full, cut out. You know, every, we got our work cut out for us this week. And, um, you know, we got to take the approach of, you know, not letting them dictate in the game. And I feel like this game will be determined, you know, whoever won the line of scrimmage. Um, they have a very big physical defensive line group and they have a big offensive line group. So, uh, I just think whoever can be able to take care of the football and dominate the line of scrimmage, I think them uh, they'll have a whoever you know the case may be. I think that's what's going to pretty much determine the game. And uh, you know, for us, we just got to go in and play one play at a time. But you know, like I said, taking care of the football, converting on third down, and being dominant up front, and whoever set the tone, I think that's what's going to lead us in a, a good position. Oh, we know this game is about matchups. Last week, you matched up with Miles Jack, who uh, has been playing pretty well. Uh, this week is Patrick Queen. Um, what has Joe Burrow told you about Patrick Queen? Because they were teammates last year. And then what advantages or disadvantages do you think you can have going against him? Well, I, I ain't talked to Joe Burrow yet about um, that linebacker. Um, we, we actually just had meetings upon, you know, their defense and things like that. But uh, from what I've seen him, you know, be able to do is he's a young athletic linebacker. Um, he's willing, he's a willing tackler. Um, I don't know 
about his motor or anything like that, of how he, you know, comebacks from things like that. But, I mean, this is a grown man league, and uh, I'm here to do grown man things. I'm not here to play around with nobody. Like, uh, when I'm going against somebody else, I mean, I'm not here to let nobody just tee off on me or anybody on my team. So, at the end of the day, I'm coming to take it to anybody that's in front of me. So, that's my mindset about it. Um, like I said, I think the kid is good. Um, he's definitely athletic and he will tackle. He has the nose for the football, but I mean, it's football. So I'm, I'm ready for whatever. I love that. This is a grown man league and I'm here you to do grown to man right things. You don't know how to ask the right questions. Of course I so do. I'm here to help you. So I, I'm trying to bring some levity to this interview right now. And now that Joe has a grown man contract, mm. like uh, MJD oh. had back in the day, what was that like just to get that done, man? Yeah, you know, obviously, listen, every, I, I, I don't want to talk about another man's money, but you got paid and now you can focus on football. Does it make things easier? Oh yeah, definitely made things a lot easier. Um, personally, I thought it had been done, you know, in the off season so where I could just come in and focus straight on football. Um, I think the biggest thing was, you know, being able to just keep your mindset focused on football, let your agent worry about the business side of it. I mean, it was kind of like a little bit of, you know, weight off my shoulders well really a big weight off my shoulders to get it done and over with so where i could just focus in on football but i mean i'm blessed to be in this here position man and uh well you know hopefully you know possibly ball and get another one so just got to keep on doing it one day at a time man but i love my job i love what i do love playing football and i love being here so i'm just glad i'm locked in well i gotta say this on air um make sure you go talk to your oc brian callahan and you make sure you tell him that I told you that you need to touch the ball more. Finally, you get the touches that you deserve and you produce. Make sure that he tell that you tell Brian Callahan that MJD said, listen, give me the rock, and I'll text him later on. But, man, congratulations on a, on a big week four. Um, and there's, there's going to be a lot of great things for, for to come for you So in that team. So keep going. No, sir, I got you for sure. I'll let him know. <laughs> I'll bet you will. I got one getaway question for you, okay? In this world of fantasy football that we live in and, and numbers and, you know, uh, yards after the catch and 100-yard games and total yards from scrimmage, what is there a number that you look at or numbers after a game and say, man, if I did that, I know that we did well. I know winning's the most important thing, but I'm just talking about solely for you and your job each and every game. Yeah, um, I mean, personally – I really don't try to get too much into the stat line because um, to be honest, stats don't really tell it all. You know what I'm saying? So if you really know uh, football and what's really going on, you will understand certain situations. So, you know, for me, I'm not really too much big on numbers. I mean, that's what they want to see, which is great. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I never judge a, a man situation or whatever, you know, the case may be. But, you know, for me, I just try to keep going out there you know, one week, one play at a time. And, you know, as long as I'm doing the best thing and as being the best me and executing for my play, then I'm sure, you know, we have a, a, a great advantage of, you know, being ahead of the sticks, man. So I just try to focus, you know, each and every play and going as hard as I can and try to put on. That's it. 
See, that's what MJD would say. It's the same thing. You got to watch the tape, Helly. He's like, you got to watch the tape. It's not always about the numbers. It's about how well you play in the game. Hey, Joe, congratulations, man. What a great game last week. AFC uh, Player of the Week, yeah, too. Uh, Offensive AFC. Player of the Week. Congratulations. Back-to-back 1,100-yard seasons, man. He's, he's balling right now. Fifth leading rusher in the NFL right now and climbing Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals. Thanks for joining us, bro. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. What a good dude, huh? It's great. Dude. How long have you known Joe Mixon? Um, I, to be honest with you, me and Joe Mixon connected right when he was coming out of high school. Uh, UCLA called me about him. I had heard stories about him uh, because he played in the same youth organization, coached by the same people. Um, went to high school, played against my high school, was a very dominant player. Uh, but we didn't really connect until um, his, the, the end of his senior year when he was picking either Oklahoma or UCLA. Obviously, Adrian Peterson called. He went to Oklahoma. He made the right, right choice, huh? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, why not? I mean, he, he's a dominant player. I, I don't know if Oklahoma did anything better than, like, I think he could have went anywhere and did what he I, did. I think right? you're right. Yeah. Um, but I'll say this much. Um, Joe does a lot for the community back home, more than what I've done. And that's big. And so uh, very happy for him to get paid, happy for his success. And I think, you know, I told people this before. When he was coming out, he was the best player in the draft, hands down. Um and I'm glad that he's kind of starting to get the recognition for it. Yeah, obviously he fell down in the draft a little bit because of the yeah, you know things that happened at, at Oklahoma. But uh, I think he's come a long way, and he's a fun player to watch. And I'm I'm, I'm pumped that he is uh, back on track. I'd like to see Cincinnati win a win a few games. And speaking of games, mm. it is time for us to uh, do our weekly pick six segment. I pick six games. We pick the winners. Um, you did a little bit better last week. You were uh, you were three and two. I was two and three. We had. Uh, that Titans-Steelers game that was canceled, so right. we had to take that one off the board, or postponed, rather. So you are 15-8 and eight on the season. I am 17-6. and six. If I have a couple more weeks like last week, you're going to be... I think we're going to go. I think we're going to go. Mm. Uh, we're going to go. Um, we're going to win this one this week. I think okay. we're going well, to go 6-0. and oh, so. let, Let's see. Uh, not a lot of close ones expected this weekend. I'm going to start with the Bucks at the Bears. Uh, that's Thursday night football, so this pod's going to drop on Thursday morning. Yeah, and uh, this game's tonight. What do, what do you think about that one? Well, I'm going to go with the Bucks. I, I, you are exactly right when you talked about Nick Foles. Uh, he's a great reliever, but starting guy, he just struggles. And so uh, I think the Bucks uh, kind of showed Tom Brady he's back to his old form, five touchdowns. It's like he's more comfortable in this offense. Uh, OJ Howard being hurt is is uh, is being done is hard uh, to deal with. Uh, but at the end of the day, like Tom Brady. If you're going to pick core, I know Nick Foles beat him in the in the Super Bowl, but he doesn't have those same weapons right now. So I'm going to go with Tom Brady and the Bucks. Yeah, Brady. Week. Brady the last couple of weeks, uh, 333 yards per game, eight touchdowns and one pick. Mm. Uh, they're two and zero. Oh. He's actually for the season the third highest rated quarterback by Pro Football Focus. I know you don't put a lot of stock into that, but they watch a lot of tape there. Behind yeah. only Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, he's never lost on Thursday Night Football. Uh, and Nick Foles, by the way, hasn't won a game as a starter since leaving the Eagles in 2018. He's 0-5 as a starter. I like the Bears' defense. I think they're stingy, especially on the back end, by the way. Kyle Fuller, Jalen Johnson, they're allowing the lowest yeah. completion percentage of any cornerback duo in the league. You sprinkle in some Eddie Jackson, they're tough. Yeah. Um, that all being said, I think the Bucks win. Not going to be easy. 24-20 my pick. I'm assuming you're going with the Bucks as well. Bucks with Maurice. Okay. Philly. One, two, and one at Pittsburgh, three and zero. Oh. And you know what this is? This is a battle of first place teams. Is, Doesn't no, that sound funny not, to say that? That's not what this is. What is it? This is the battle of Pennsylvania. Leave it at that. Okay, that's fine. Don't say because that's disrespectful to say first place. Well, no, they're in first place. Them. That's not disrespectful. It's a fact. They have a tie. That's okay. 
They played for a tie. And in the NFC least, no. you played for a tie and you're in first place. Um, the Steelers are the only defense that have four players with 10-plus pressures this season. Uh, Bud Dupree, Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, Stephon Tuitt, they are licking their chops right now. And by the way, they're well-rested because they had that unexpected bye after the game with the Titans got postponed. Well, not only that, that they're well-rested. They're going against an Eagles front that is Eagles O-line that is banged up. I mean, they've lost like five starters. It's crazy, right? I think Kelsey may be the only starter that's there, but uh, Pittsburgh's defense. At the end of the day, Pittsburgh, they win by playing great defense and taking care of the ball. Uh, is this going to be an exciting game? I think it's going to be closer than what you have. Really? Uh, yeah, because Big Ben and that offense are still trying to find their way. I think you give them a couple more weeks till they find their way. Uh, but that defense is just phenomenal. So I'm going to go ahead and go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, I'm going Steelers to 34 21. I don't think it's going to be close. Uh, uh, almost a couple of touchdowns there. Raiders at Kansas City. Let me just start with this. How do the Raiders win this game? So if the Raiders are going to win this game, uh, defensively you have to play press man, similar to what the Patriots did, and you have to play press everything. Cover two, cover three. You got to press bail. You have to mix it up. But everything has to be pressed because teams mess up when you play the Chiefs by playing off and you allow those receivers to be fast and run all around. If you press them and you force them to get out, you throw off the timing a little bit. And that's what you saw the Patriots do in the first half. Uh, defensively, that's what they have to do. Offensively, you got you to gotta score points. You got to take shots on this defense. Um, Which is something that, again, they, Derek they, hasn't they, done they a lot. They don't, they don't do. take a lot Yeah, of they shots. don't do that. So, um, uh, Darren Waller, um, he's about to go against the Honey Badger, so we're going to see he's going to get tested. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, let's be honest. Patrick Mahomes in this Chiefs offense, Eric Bieniemy, what he's been able to do, a lot of the, the trick plays, design things that they're doing, the different things they're pulling out from back in the day, Andy Reid and his input. I mean, again, I can't pick against the champs until they lose. No, I can't either. Kansas City, 38-28 in that one. Uh, Indy and Cleveland, this is one of the best games of the a, weekend. This is a good game. Both of them 3-1. and one. Now, they have the best running game in the NFL – and they're going to be without Nick Chubb. That's okay. They got against Kareem a top-rated defense in the NFL. They got Kareem Hunt though. Kareem Hunt was all pro. Let's 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 not forget Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt was an all pro. To be honest, he may be better than Nick Chubb. I'm gonna tell you why. He can do the same thing running the ball, but out of the backfield, Kareem Hunt is a completely different animal catching the ball. He runs routes. Uh, you see, he had a one-handed catching game. I mean, mm -hmm. he can do everything. I haven't seen Nick Chubb do that. Nick Chubb is a a he's more of a Derrick Henry type of back than he is a Christian McCaffrey. I think Kareem Hunt has that ability to do both, and I don't think they miss a beat uh, with him running the ball. Now, I'll say, with all that being said, I'm going to go with the Colts in this one. How, how, how do you say all that and then go with the Colts? Because, because of that defense? Because I, I, Baker Mayfield, I don't believe in. I still don't. You're such a Baker Mayfield. And, no, I'm maybe. not a hater. I'm not a hater. I'm going to tell you why. When you, when you have to throw the ball with your receiver to throw a touchdown, that becomes a problem for me. Um, hey, that was a sweet throw from Jarvis Landry. Don't it was hold a, that against Baker the, Mayfield. No, it's probably the best throw I've seen in, in Cleveland. Best throw of the game. Yeah, no question. And then, two, the Cleveland Brown defense is just good, god-awful. And so you're going against one of the best offensive line in the game. Jonathan Taylor's running well, uh, which I thought was a great matchup for them because come out of Wisconsin, running backs, if they don't have really good offensive line, those Wisconsin running backs struggle a little bit. Jonathan Taylor's looking good. And, you know, that offense is going to put up points. I think Phillip Rivers and them will put up enough points to win their defense a hold, hold strong. So initially, I like the Colts on this one. And then I dug in a little bit more. And you start looking at that offense, 
and Mo Alley Cox leads them in receiving yards. Naheem Hines yeah. in receptions. They're missing uh, Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell. Mm -hmm. T.Y. Hilton has been on the side of a milk carton. He's been absolutely yeah. invisible this year. I feel like if the Browns, especially running the Rock, they, they rolled up more than 300 yards on the Cowboys. Okay, Nick Chubb missed three and a half quarters yeah. in that game. If the Browns can get ahead early, I don't know that this Colts offense is good enough to come back. And the defense, as good as they are, they play Jacksonville, Minnesota, the Jets, and Chicago. That defense is not as... They haven't, they haven't been tested. No, I, I, they're not again, the number one defense in the NFL. But this they're the, rated there, but that's the not Browns, what they are. Do you, would you, whose defense would you rather have, the Browns or the Colts? I would rather have the Colts. Okay. Which offense would you rather have? Is it, is I'd it rather closer? have the Browns. Is it closer? Is it the offense that much more? No, I... I I think the offense is that much better for Cleveland. That's why I'm picking Cleveland 24-21. This is the one we're going to go against. I'm going to, I'm going to take uh, the Colts in this situation. We can't agree on everything. You can't agree on everything, my friend. All right. Uh, Dallas, let's not even worry about this. Okay. New I York Giants at 0-4. I play, I play. I call that game. They can't even score a touchdown. Okay. This is the this is the get-out-of-jail-free card for Mike McCarthy. One win, one win, and they're going to be in first place in the NFC East because the Eagles are going to lose. Because of the tie. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's nuts. Uh, all right, we both got Dallas. I'm going 33-13. They're going to absolutely roll. Chargers at the Saints. Oh, real quick. Can yeah. we go back to it? Are we not going to just talk about how bad Dale Jones has been? Dale Jones has been bad, but the, okay. the offense I just want to make don't, – don't give me no excuses. All right. I mean, all they have is Evan Ingram. They don't have a receiver on that team that will be the number Golden one Golden Tate? Golden Tate's a solid receiver. No, I, I like Golden. For sure I like Golden. I just don't think Golden is what he was three, four years ago when he was making That's moves fine. in Detroit. That's fine, but he out here making moves for them. You get him to rock. All right, here we go. All right, so we both agree on that one. Yep. I'm going big by like 20. Yeah. Chargers 1-3 and three at New Orleans 2-2. Two and two. This one actually somewhat interesting to me. Do you think so? Um, but no Austin Eckler, I think, is going to make things very difficult for the Chargers. I, I'm so impressed with Herbert's poise, decision-making mm -hmm. in the pocket with his arm. Um, he had some uh, – he'll, he'll have some moments because I think that Saints defense has some cracks, especially in the, uh, in the red zone, but – Let's be honest here. The Saints are a better football team, and they, they could get Michael Thomas back. He's they, been practicing. Listen, yeah, if they get Michael Thomas back, it's going to be a problem. Uh, I'll say this. The the Los Angeles Chargers have enough weapons around them. You hope Mike Williams is back healthy. It, it, but it's you – you, you always pick these games off of the better, the better defense and the better quarterback because that's what it comes down to. Does your quarterback spread the ball around? Does he make the right decisions consistently? You're going to pick Drew Brees in that situation. I think the Chargers defense uh, probably would have picked them, but with Melvin Ingram out right now, like they got, they're just banged up too. It, it, and I know they went to Tampa and they played well, but then you got to go back to LA and then go to New Orleans. That, that is a tough deal. So uh, it's, it's in New Orleans, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that, yeah. 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 I, I also, you, you talk about Joey Bosa. Um, I thought he was going to do some work against Tristan Wirfs, the, uh, they, the the right tackle for the Bucks. Man, he's been playing well. Yeah, the Bucks, the Bucks have found him one. I, I just think again, I'm gonna go with the Saints in that one. So okay, we this this week I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a one game. That's buffer. it. Oh, that's you're doing me a favor. I'm doing you a favor. All right. Well, the good the good news is I guess we're uh, we're only off on one, but I can still build my lead, my friend. No, nah, you won't. All right, MJD, that's gonna do it. Um, don't don't do anything too crazy this weekend, man. I, I need you here next week. Oh, I'm not doing anything. You know, uh, what, what's going to be crazy is uh, I got a 10 a.m. game with the Rams going to the, play the Washington football team, mm -hmm. 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and that's really about it, man. Like, it? I'm just, you know, I'm just working at the network, doing my thing. Can you can you tell Sean to take it easy on my Washington football no, team? No, that's all. You know, you know, Sean McVay has only lost to two franchises 
uh, or have, hasn't beaten two franchises in the NFC. You know who they are? Nope. The Washington football team and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Is that right? Mm-hmm. He gets an opportunity to beat both this season. Let's see if it happens. All right. Thanks, buddy. We'll see you next week. No problem. 